Hungry Flames only play here. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Through 60 minutes and beyond the Flames talk, post-game show starts now. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Okay, the Flames do it again, and by that, I mean trail after 40 minutes of play. Find a way, and this time they get it done in regulation. Your final score tonight, 5-4. Calgary beats the Anaheim Ducks as we welcome you to our Flames Talk postgame show on a Sunday night. It's Pat Steinberg, Peter Labardius, soon to be joined by Derek Wills. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. We kick off our postgame coverage by going right to the Flames locker room, and we say hello to Flames defenseman Troy Stetcher, who joins us for some immediate reaction right now my name is pat steinberg and troy uh, another comeback win uh tell us about this one and uh tell us about how your group was able to pull it off this evening yeah it's obviously uh, great to get two points and um continuing to keep this winning streak alive we obviously know that's what that stake is we basically have to win out so um it wasn't pretty but we got the job done so um we'll reset tomorrow Troy, the, the win that you picked up on Friday, which you were a big part of in Vancouver, and you were able to finally get that, that first win when trailing after 40 minutes of play, how, how much does that uh, give even a little added confidence when you're in kind of a very similar situation tonight? Yeah, it's huge, obviously, for the confidence of the group and then individually when guys are able to you know contribute um, late in the game. So um, obviously our goal is to make the playoffs, and um, it seems like we're playing the right way. I know it's not pretty, but... Um, if we do get in, I think we're prepared to, to step up to the challenge. So um, we're playing in uh, different situations every night, and uh, we're finding a way to win. So that's what good teams do, and we believe we're a good team. Specifically in the third period, how'd you like the way the group stuck with it and didn't get away from it as you spent all that time on the attack? Yeah, that was something we talked about before the period was, you know, not cheating it, just sticking to our process understanding what was giving us success uh it seemed like we had a lot of success in the second and as soon as we get the 3-2 lead it seems like we reverted back to playing sloppy so um just understanding what it takes to to play the right way and uh, not cheating in the game and when you don't cheat it you get rewarded so um that's what happened in the third well, troy you had the uh nice little spin move in the first period you had a couple of good opportunities in the first period you get the assist on the 3-2 goal where uh, richie redirected at home how did you uh how did you feel out there tonight and i guess how are you feeling overall on the comfort level as you continue to settle in with this new group yeah, I feel good, obviously. Um, I felt like I had my legs tonight. and um, That's obviously my biggest asset of my game, I think, is when I'm skating. Uh, it opens up different lanes, and um, I feel like I'm able to you know, have an impact on the game. So uh, it's all about staying composed here. I felt like I actually played really well individually in L.A. in the 8-2 loss. I felt like I played well in Anaheim, and then we come home, and I felt like I played like trash. So um, played well in Vancouver, played well again tonight. So just got to stay even keel and make sure I uh, keep playing well. Troy, congratulations on the win. Thanks so much for doing this tonight, and good luck Tuesday against Chicago, hey? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. That is Troy Stetcher, your number two star after tonight's 5-4 Flames win over the Anaheim Ducks. The Flames, uh, they don't make it easy on themselves, but uh, they keep pace with the Winnipeg Jets, and this playoff push and this playoff fight continues. Second time in a row, they come from behind to beat a team and for the first time all season, a four-game 
game winning streak. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basement-y, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Uh, we'll hear uh, momentarily. In fact, right now we will hear from Flames assistant coach Ryan Huska, who uh, is about to throw on a headset and join us following it's this It's nice run. to have him come in after a win. Yeah, it feels had... like he has had to deal with uh, some of the most difficult losses <laughs> in this building all year. So it's nice to have him come in when the team wins an important game. Steinberg, Labardius, Ryan Huska. Uh, and, and Huska, a couple of games ago, Jason LaBarbera came in after a win and said, geez, we don't make it easy on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I guess that, that could be true in this one tonight, but you find a way. What yeah. uh, would you like, and, and I guess how do you evaluate this one? Didn't like the first period. I mean, that goes without saying, I would think. We just didn't have... Uh, you know, a lot of jumper energy in our game, which is a little strange, you know, after um, the few games that we've had prior and, and with what's at stake. But um, I thought in the second period, our power play did a really good job of getting us going. And then um, we really took momentum or took the game away from them. But the hard part is we gave it right back. Uh, and those are situations that you you want to you want to end the game, and when you have a team that's out of the playoffs like Anaheim, um, on a back to back, you want to put them out of the game as quick as you can so they don't have an opportunity to hang around. Um, and we let them hang around tonight, and uh, as a result, it was much closer than we were hoping it would have been. Ryan, I thought one really important similarity, and obviously you came back from a deficit, but I loved your third periods both in Vancouver and tonight because I didn't think you gave up very much and never thought you got away from the process to keep pushing towards where you wanted to get to. Yeah, I would agree with you on that, Lou. I mean, we, I don't know, it seems like there's certain times of a game where we don't maybe, I don't know if it makes sense or not, but we don't feel like we have to win the game in one shift. Um, whether you want to call that um, – playing to our game plan or, or being a little bit more patient with how we play. Everybody seems to be a little bit more in sync with what we're doing. And, and when we do it the right way, we don't give up much, like you saw in the third period tonight. And we were able to spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. So finding that in sync um, part of our game sooner, I think, is important for us. But being able to play that way, um, you have to, especially with the lead. you got to learn how to play that way with your foot still on the gas, but not putting yourself in a position where you may give... Um, up certain opportunities. Yeah, because one of the comments that I, I made tonight was that, A, at times you've given up goals in short order after putting yourself in a better position. Yeah. And I guess what you know you were referring to, I think, is you don't have to get things back all at once, do you? No. And that's that's the thing. Like you see guys, and and they have the right intention when you when you see guys trying to do a little bit too much in a shift where um, you just score a goal. the The player has a puck. He's moving up the ice. He tries to make a move at the blue line instead of making sure it goes in deep so we can maintain some momentum. But now there's a turnover and they end up coming back against us. So those are examples of it where sticking with it and, and making sure you're doing it for a full 60 minutes over and over and over again allows you to have success. It's not about, hey, I'm going to make a difference right now in this one shift. I'm going to change the whole game. Well, no, if if you have a 60-minute approach to it, eventually it's going to pay off. It might not be the person that was hoping it would be, um, but someone's going to get it. Like tonight, Michael Stone. I mean, if you keep doing it the right way, keep doing it the right way, eventually someone's going to get that opportunity where they can be the difference maker. I feel when I watch Boston 
that's one thing that oh, they yeah. seem to be really, really good at. at. What did you think of Michael Stone in his first game back in 21? Um, you know, he, he's funny. I he, no, he misses 21 and he comes back kind of the same way as he always, always is. He's reliable. Um, we know what he has for a shot. So when we were talking about lineup decisions, that was one thing. We're like, listen, if he gets one or two shots from the top. Um, one may go in <laughs> and it happened to be a really important one tonight but um, you know with certain older players that they always whether they're injured or they're just not playing they do whatever they have to do to make sure they're ready to play so he went through a, a fairly lengthy period of recovery uh, and he skated he put the work in he made sure he was in shape and I thought him and Troy did a really good job tonight playing for us in that third pair with Ryan Huska, Flames assistant coach, following tonight's 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. And, and I want to ask you about the other guy on that pairing in, yeah. in Troy Stetcher. Had a couple of points in the comeback win over Vancouver. Gets the assist and, and looked all over it in this yeah. one. How are uh, how are you liking him over the last few games? I, I've really liked him. And it's, it's been every game for me. I, I mean, you, you see the competitiveness in his game. Um, he's very detailed with his approach. He's... He's a lot for me like a Michael Backlund and how he approaches every game where uh, he's a pro and I think he understands where he's at and the type of game that he has to play and he's had to do that. He's another one of those guys that people probably wrote off at a younger age. Uh, too small, probably can't play. Um, and I think because of that, he's got chip on his shoulder. But I, I think he's played really well. He's kept his game simple. He's played fast, uh, both with feet and with moving the puck. And he's chipped in some offense for us, which was something that we weren't expecting a ton of from him. But he's been a real big addition for our back end, I feel. And, and he's allowed us to play, um, you know, if you want to say um, three pairs a little bit more regularly. Um, I think that's a lot to do with him, for sure. It's funny, he uh, he joined us just before you came in, and he said that on the last homestead, he's like, no, I played like trash and, and did not. And I just, I, I thought it was interesting because yeah. he, he clearly seemed like he seems like a really competitive yeah. guy and a guy who, who takes the craft really, really seriously. Yeah, and you know, speaking of him still, like there was one game here at home where we weren't happy with his game. He, I, you know, everybody, but but it wasn't a horrible game. <laughs> and then there's other games where I thought he's played really well and, and he's had 14 minutes of ice time and I've said to him afterwards like hey I gotta find a way to get you a little bit more time and what you love about players that are all about team is he's like don't worry about it um, I'm used to playing this amount of minutes I'm totally good with it I'm ready for whatever you guys need and I love that about players there's no um, um, selfishness to this guy's game and I think that's what's allowed him to, to play in the NHL and to be a really good player it looked like early in the game he was trying to repeat oh of that uh, quarterfinal goal that he set up at the <laughs> yeah. Worlds a couple of years ago. The old spin around. Yeah. It, got, it got the building and energized a little bit when he did that. But as he, he can make plays. He's, he's a good player, and we're seeing that from him right now. Probably not your call, um, but you did make some significant changes in the third with your groupings. What was kind of without, I know that's more Daryl than yeah. you, but what was the thought process there? Well, I think with the one, Walker was skating, and, and bumping him up was a, an opportunity for us to get maybe him in on the forward check a little bit quicker. So if he could stall or, or stop the puck in the offensive zone, uh, we felt once we were able to do that, we'd have some zone time. So it was about his speed and trying to create a little bit more energy. And, and it was the same with Dylan. It's just trying to move guys around a little bit to try to get a little bit more speed because we didn't have enough of it early on in the game. 
Last one for you. Ryan Huska, Flames assistant coach, following a 5-4 win over Anaheim. Uh, two more points for Tyler Toffoli. He's at 71. Everything he does now, career high, career best. And and not even just tonight, but uh, this, this push, four straight wins, where you are still fighting for your playoff lives. Where would you be this year without number 73? Oh, boy. I mean, when there's a few guys that you you would look at as to being consistent, being there almost every night. For sure, you think of Michael Backlund, and obviously people think of Tyler. And um, what he's done this year is found a way to score the big goal. And there's been a lot of games where we've needed that from someone to step up. You, you think about some of our conversations earlier in the year, we're talking about one goal or one save. A lot of comments have been about that. And um, over the last little while, you feel like Tyler is always scoring the goal. And he's been excellent for us this year um, wherever he goes on the line uh, lineup there's chances that are coming and he's a smart player I think um, Lou would know from right on from junior hockey on he knows where to go in order to find open space and he's a shooter so when he gets that opportunity he's able to score but it's pretty cool that he's able to do it as he's aging I love that when guys do that but again I'll go back to players taking care of themselves and understanding what they have to do to put them in a position to have success and he's he falls in the lines of Stetcher and, and Backland as well. Thank you, Husk. Okay, Thanks, thank Ryan. you, guys. Ryan Huska, Flames assistant coach, following tonight's 5-4 victory over the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, make it four straight wins for Calgary. First time all year they've won four in a row, and uh, they absolutely have needed it to keep themselves alive in this playoff race. They're uh, running out of runway, but there's uh, still 10 points left on the table. A head-to-head -head game with the Jets on Wednesday, and lots, uh, lots more still to play for. This is coming right down to the wire in the spring of 2023. This is your Flames Talk post-game show. Steinberg, Labardius, Derek Wills has joined in as well. And uh, Lou, uh, another third period where they get it done. And, you know, kind of similar to the Vancouver game. Very much so. It felt like they were going to tie it. And it felt like even after 4-4 that they had a pretty good chance of winning it in overtime. I know it comes against the 30th place team, but they, they need the two points in whatever fashion they can get them right now. Well, I thought... You know, especially through the first half of the game, Pat, it was the old Jeff Ward line of it's not what you take, it's what you leave. And they left too much. But in the third, they left nothing. In fact, you could make an argument that the only scoring chance Anaheim had came with about half a second left in regulation time off the stick of Ryan Strom. So, yes, exactly like Vancouver, down a goal, but never got away from it. Kept coming and coming and coming. And most of the time, if you stay with that and you don't expose yourself, which they did do earlier in the game, it gives you a pretty good chance for it to work out. And it worked out. Belief and confidence and momentum are pretty powerful things. And I would say for most of the season, the Flames didn't have much of any of those three things. And now they've got them all belief that they can battle back and win a game when trailing following 40 minutes. They didn't do it one time in their first 75 games. Did it in game 76, did it again in game 77. And I believe one of the reasons why they did it against the Ducks tonight is because they realized that they could do it when they did it against the Canucks two nights ago. And momentum. You know, We talked a lot about uh, three straight wins. They, they finally got their third straight win for the first time in almost four months on Friday. And now a season-long four-game winning streak. And they've got momentum. And this is a team starting to play with some confidence. I didn't like their first period. Second period was 
better, I guess. But really, the third period is how they're going to have to play in their final six regular season games to give themselves a chance to get back to the playoffs. Loved that third period. We're coming at the Ducks in waves. And it felt like just a matter of time before someone scored to tie the game and before someone scored to win the game. And Milan Lucic gets a big goal, and then Michael Stone gets a bigger goal. And, you know, Friday night, the hero was the guy who you expect to be the hero, Tyler Toffoli, who, in my opinion, has been this team's most valuable player this season. He scores the overtime winner. Tonight, two unsung heroes, so to speak, in a fourth-line left winger and and a number six-slash-seven defenseman returning to the lineup after missing 20 games. You need everybody pulling on the rope, and right now everybody's pulling on the rope for the Flames. It was far from perfect tonight, but you don't get any style points, or at least style points don't help you in the standings when you're fighting for your playoff lives. So a job well done by the boys coming back for a second straight game. I I, I do want to ask that. Um I know these games are difficult to play against teams that are out of it, yep. um, and and they have been. Both Vancouver and Anaheim has given Calgary everything that they can handle. They've got another one against Chicago on Tuesday before going into Winnipeg on Wednesday. Uh, is it concerning at all that they had that they've had so much difficulty beating a pair of non-playoff teams the last two, and they've needed to put together their only comeback wins of the year against these two teams? I would say I was more concerned with their performance in the first 40 minutes of this game than I was with their performance on Friday night against a Canucks team that is healthier and that I think has underperformed for a good chunk of the season. Their group of forwards is really good, and they've got a legitimate number one goaltender. You know, Today the Flames play a Ducks team that has now lost eight in a row. It ties their franchise record for longest regulation losing streak that is now 1-8-1 and one in the second half of back-to-backs that got blown out 6 nothing by the Oilers last night. And if the Flames play the way they did in the third period in the first two periods, this game wouldn't have been close. But they didn't, and it was. And they had to battle back in the third. So, yeah, it's concerning. But, you know, again, at, at this point, it's less about the process and more about the results. And I, I talked to a number of coaches and players late last week who told me that these games against non-playoff teams that have nothing or very little to play for and who are loose and who don't play with a lot of structure, they're challenging because it's kind of the opposite of what you're playing for and the way you're playing. So the only thing I'm concerned with right now is wins, and they've got four in a row, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm exactly the same, maybe even stronger on that count. Um, It really, for me at this point, and it hasn't been for a while, is – you know, we make a lot, and I understand why. There's good reason for it. They're in this position because they have not played all year long well enough against non-playoff teams. That's that's a fact, mm-hmm. any way you slice or dice it. But right now, it really is no matter what it takes, how you get it done, you know, the process always matters. And, in fact, tonight, staying with the process is why you won a game. But winning games and getting points is all that matters. And as Derek pointed out, it's so true. And it's, A, we never give enough talk in regards to this. There really is no easy games in the NHL. And I am not a big proponent of 
teams that have struggled all year is talking in some ways, with no disrespect meant to anyone, about playing up or down to an opponent. What does that mean when you're, by and large, now, yes, you look at the point situation, so you can go for it that way, but in some regards, this team has struggled all year long against these types of teams, which to me doesn't give you the street cred, if you will, to say that you're so much better. Are they better? Yes. Did they find a way the last two nights? Yes, they did. But the key for me right now, guys, is a word that Derek used right off the top of his first answer, and it starts with a B. It's belief. And they have not had hardly any of it all season long. And belief and confidence really do go hand in hand. And when I joined uh, George and Matt on the morning show on Friday, uh, I said, I'm starting to believe that they're starting to believe. And they put that quote out on social media. That's why I know I said it. Uh, Usually I don't remember what I say, but uh, what I'm about to say is going to make it sound like I've fallen right off my rocker. But I actually think it could be a blessing in disguise the way they won the last two games. If they beat the Ducks 5-1 again, I think the Flames could potentially get fooled, even though they should have learned this lesson a long time ago, but could potentially be fooled into thinking Tuesday's game against the Blackhawks team that, like the Ducks, is right near the bottom of the standings, could be easy. So... Now you've had to scratch and claw your way to two 5-4 wins in a row against non-playoff teams. Don't start on Tuesday the way you started tonight. And you'll probably be just fine against the Blackhawks. But I am a firm believer, and I asked a bunch of coaches and players about it over the last number of days, that if you're a team like the Flames that is fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot and has everything to play for, If you go into a game against a non-playoff team and play a Stanley Cup playoff style of hockey, they might just go away, especially if you can take the lead in the game. If you can give them a reason to say, ah, you know, it's been one of those years and it's one of those games. But if you make it easy for them, if you play the same style that they're interested in playing, then you're going to give them hope, just like the Flames did with the Canucks on Friday and to an even greater extent with the Ducks tonight. Play the right way against these non-playoff teams, and you'll probably win. If you get sucked into playing their style of loose hockey, you could be in for a fight, as the Flames have been in the last couple of games. Let's get to tonight's save of the game. Final score, Flames 5, Ducks 4 here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes, and uh, doesn't come from the guy I thought it was going to come from. Jacob Markstrom got the start, which I I, I think we all thought was going to be the case. Allows two goals on nine shots in the first period and is replaced by Dan Vladar the rest of the way. And so the save of the game tonight comes from Dan Vladar in period at number two. Racing it up the right wing side is one of the Ducks goal getters, Vetrano. And they run the four check along with Strom. Strom picks it up and centers it. Zegra shoots and Vladar fights that shot off. His first good save of the game. That ends up being, when it's all said and done, let's do some uh, quick math, uh, that ends up being the 11, uh, one of the 11 stops made by Dan Vladar tonight, and that is our save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And Lou, we had a conversation in the pregame show about goaltender utilization, and we wondered, okay, 
Do you go to Jacob in this game against Anaheim? Do you go to Dan Vladar in this game? What do you do against Chicago on Tuesday? And knowing that this stretch is a three and four, they play Sunday, Tuesday, and then on the second half of the back-to-back with travel Wednesday against Winnipeg and the one that everybody circled on their calendar, uh, well, they go with Markstrom, but he only plays one period. Very interesting conversation then that comes into the game against Chicago. Do you go back to Jacob yes. knowing that he only got the 20 minutes of work yes, tonight? Yes, yes, and yes again. In fact, um, now it makes it easier. Just the way the game turned out. Right. You, you removed him. I think Daryl was quoted. Um, I just took a quick peek at one thing on the phone as he made that change for the same reason he made the line changes Going into period three, he needed to spark his group. So you get a little time off for Jacob, and I think you go right back there on Tuesday night. And and I know the back-to-back, and it's not an easy one either, but I just, I'm going there. Now I'm definitely going there the rest of the way. I probably do as well. I mean... Today probably would have been a good day to start, Dan Vladar, because Jacob Markstrom has played a lot of hockey. And, Pat, you and I talked about it uh, offline earlier today. I I was just wondering aloud with you if the Flames would go to Dan Vladar. I didn't think they would, but I wondered if they would. I wondered if they should. Uh, In hindsight, maybe they should have. But, you know, Daryl Sutter only plays Jacob Markstrom for 20 minutes, so he got most of the game off. Gets uh, Dan Vladar a little bit of work, uh, which is good for him because – he hasn't played very much. As a matter of fact, he's only played in four of the last 17 games, and he only started and finished one of those games. Yeah. So if you need to go down to Dan Vladar, I, I think you feel better doing that, knowing that he's played a little bit more hockey. But uh, the most important things for me, and we talked about it at the end of the first period and the start of the second period when we saw Vladar replace Markstrom, number one, you give your number one guy who you've ridden like a rented mule uh, a couple of periods off, and number two, you try to spark your team. So you've accomplished both of those things. You battle back and win the hockey game. But I think I have to go back to Jacob Markstrom on Tuesday. If for some reason the game doesn't get off to a good start, I'm not sure I would be uh, afraid to go in the same direction that uh, they did today and then go right back to Markstrom for the biggest game of the season against the Jets on Wednesday. Pat, just as we all talk it out. Yeah. Okay, and you and I had a great conversation, probably a better one off the air than we did on the air about this whole situation. We didn't know how tonight was going to play out. So now just thinking about the plan. Mm -hmm. So with the start of Markstrom tonight, I'm going to guess that the plan was Markstrom, Vladar, Markstrom. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Now that I saw how it started. So... Just in continuing to break it down, when you play Chicago, somewhat similar to when you play Anaheim, and I think the Flames responded well to it, a lot of times when you go to the number two guy, the team has more of a defensive mindset. We've seen that throughout the year, and it really, again, becomes a game, in my opinion, that... The goalie shouldn't matter if you play the right way. And again, right. and and so I almost sound a little hypocritical because in one breath I'm saying every game's hard, and I get that. But again, if you're going to put yourself in the best position that you can and you do really sense that 
Jacob's last two games have something to do with fatigue or just needing a little extra work? Then now, the more I think about it, I'm maybe going to go to Dan Vladar. But that is, that's, that's a hard one. And I'm, it's not even a discussion for me without a back-to-back situation. No. It's, it's one of those ones where I'm, I'm really even I'm, – I'm more – I was very adamant about what I thought I would do going into tonight. For me, I would have gone Markstrom, Vladar Markstrom, so Anaheim and Winnipeg for Jacob. But now again, so he comes out in this game, and I'm like, okay, so what do you do? I, I, think, I, still, I think I still go Vladar against Chicago – and I need to make sure that 25 is as fresh as possible for that game against Winnipeg. I don't even want to risk yeah. the conversation. And I, it's, it's, it's not the hardest back-to-back in the league. It's also not the easiest back-to-back in the league. So I, I, I think, and I'm like 55-45. I would have been like 95-5 prior to what hmm. happened tonight. I'm like 55-45. Vladar starts against Chicago. If I were making the call, I have no idea what they're going to do. Not, not yeah. even a clue. And you know what, guys? The more we talk through this and the more I think about it, I'm starting to lean in the other direction now. Because if that was the plan, and that does make a lot of sense mm-hmm. to go Markstrom, Vladar, Markstrom, because then you're not starting the same goaltender in back-to-back games, especially with the number of games that Markstrom has played in here. You know, he's started five straight and 15 of the last 16 and appeared in 17 of the last 18. That's a lot of hockey and a lot of pressure-packed hockey in a short period of time. So I said earlier that you could start Markstrom, and if the game doesn't start the right way, you could always do what you did today and go to Vladar. What if you go the other way? What if you start Dan Vladar, and if you don't like how your goaltender starts or your team starts, then you turn to Markstrom. That's another way you could go about it. But really, it's a difficult question to answer for us because we can't go have a conversation with Jacob Markstrom and ask him how he's feeling and put him on a lie detector maybe because I'm not sure he would tell you the truth if he felt like he did need a break. But, you know, they are around him. They're watching him. They're talking to him. They have a way better feel for where he's at mentally and physically and if all these games do have him fatigued. The reason I asked you earlier today about it, Pat, was because he gave up four on 20 against the Canucks on Friday. And I was starting to wonder if he was maybe a little bit tired, kind of like he was in those games against the Stars and the Kings. Really his only two slip-ups in the last month or so. So I didn't love the goals he gave up in the first period tonight. I'm guessing, and this is purely a guess, that fatigue is playing at least a little bit of a factor in the number of goals that he's giving up in the last couple of games. So maybe you do go to Vladar against the Blackhawks to lose point. You send the message to the 18 skaters in front of the goaltender that, hey, we're going with our number two guy. We've got to be good in front of him. And they were, especially in the third period tonight. And then you rest up Jacob Markstrom for the biggest game of the season on Wednesday. The more we think about it, or I think about it, the more we talk about it, the more tempted I am uh, to think that they're going to go in that direction or that I would. Yeah, and you know what, guys? Honestly, I I do think the moral of the story is is you have to put a game on the table where it is not goalie reliant. Yeah, it shouldn't matter against the Blackhawks. That that's that's the big part of it for me. So yep. if you can believe that and and believe that in your team, then you should be able to go Vladar Markstrom. And and you know what, guys, I do think and I'm not a big 
big believer sometimes in where we go with back-to-backs. But two hours, lose an hour going. The game starts less than 24 hours after the one you played in. That's almost like what we saw earlier this year when I'm trying to might have even been Edmonton maybe or another team that played in Vancouver the night before and came here the next day. And guys, I'm not going to name names, but I talked to Boston, a number I, think. I talked to a number of players and staff on Saturday morning following Flames practice. So they won in Vancouver on Friday night, flew right home. It's only a 1-hour flight and everybody I talked to was absolutely gassed. And this is a tougher turnaround, and you got to play the next day and not practice. Yeah. I'm guessing Jacob Markstrom is at least a little bit fatigued, even if he won't admit it, which he probably won't because he wants to play every game. I, I think Dan Vladar might be the right choice on yep. Tuesday. We'll have to wait and see what they do. I, I'd still go that way yeah. if it were me. Um, I, I just wanted to, uh, before we get to our player with heart, I just wanted to touch on this quickly. Our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Lou, we were talking about Blake Coleman in the pregame show, and, and you know, Blake got moved down the lineup in this game. He got bumped to the line with Lewis and Lucic on the right side there. He took a slashing call that led to the 2 nothing goal. It was not technically a power play goal, but he was still in the penalty box when Comtois scored technically 5-on-5. Five five. Um, but, I, you know, he makes a great play on the Milan-Lucic game-tying goal. And I thought, yeah, was it Coleman's best game of the year? No. But even getting demoted... He still makes a very good play, and he's still out there, very professional and playing the way that he needs even with That's that. That's what he does. Exactly. And now is a new career high in points, yes. 37. Yeah, 37. We talked about that in the third period. And, you know, those are not easy situations. And it does take a lot to be in that position, playing as well as he had, to not take that personally. Always. That's that's a real challenge for players and anybody else who doesn't get put into spots sometimes that they'd really want to be in and flourish. But what did he do? He didn't sulk. He didn't go away. He helped you tie the game, and that group was better with him in that spot. Now, I'm going right back again on Tuesday night away from how I ended and I still have some thoughts about going forward, even though I know it's not going to change. I think they just go right back Tuesday night and finish, well, not finish, but start with the lines that they began the game. Yeah, that we're kind of used to of late. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to take a player out to put Jacob Pelletier back in, that player would probably be Nick Ritchie or Milan Lucic. Well, Lucic scored the game-tying goal, and Richie had one goal and one assist for two points. Mm-hmm. And when you look at their ice time, Lucic played 11:24. Richie played 14:54. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't. I'm, I'm not expecting any changes yeah. uh, for the game against Chicago. That's for sure. Uh, let's select tonight's player with heart. Five-four final. Flames over the Anaheim Ducks. Player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Lou, which way are you going tonight? Troy Stetcher. And. Like Ryan Huska, I think he's been an excellent ad. Um, and you know what? 
he was in a very similar role last year with the Los Angeles Kings, and they needed him. And this group needed needed to have him and brought him in. And he looked as confident with the puck and making plays. And you know the the great thing about him is he gives you everything he's got every night. I've never ever left a game I've ever watched him, whether it's Vancouver, anywhere. You know, I even remember the first time I ever watched him play, which was in Langley, British Columbia, when he played for Team West at the World Junior A Challenge in November of 2011. And it was kind of the same thing. Smaller guy, used his feet, harder to play against than somebody his size. So on that team, it was interesting um, how the world works out. Colton Pareko was on that team, and so was Troy Stetcher. So two very different guys, very different styles, and yet they've both gone on to have some pretty good success in the National Hockey League. Troy Stetcher is your player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit HeartFit.com. So the Flames sticking around in this playoff chase as they remain two back of the Winnipeg Jets. Each team with five games to go. Each team also uh, plays Nashville once. They play one another once. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out and how it all shakes down. Uh, next up for the Flames, though, is Tuesday against Chicago here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. This is your Flames Talk postgame show. We'll hear from head coach Daryl Sutter momentarily. The phone line's open. Give us a call now, 403-240-4444. Text line open, 960-960. Before we get to all of that, though, some final thoughts from our broadcast duo, starting with Peter Labardius. Well, someone passed me a great tip, so I thought it would tie in nicely. Michael Stone apparently always scores on his son Rhett's birthday, and he did it again today. Nice. Um, so that was an interesting little tip. That's but, cool. Um, you know, Michael again does what Michael Stone does. He comes in after lengthy absences, whether he was healthy and watching or fighting his way back. And I'm not sure anybody saw that coming. Just to see him in the lineup was was an interesting story, let alone scoring the game-winning goal. But this one for me is about two words, belief and confidence. And I see both growing at the most important time for a team that has had very little of either this season. I'll add a third word, momentum, because the Flames finally have it, and it took them forever to find it or to build it. I mean, they went almost four months without three straight wins. It's ridiculous. And with the whole season without four until they finally strung four together uh, with that fourth one coming today and a 5-4 come from behind victory over the Ducks. Taking a look at the game sheet, 12 players had at least one point. And, and that's what the Flames were built to be. They don't have a generational player. You know, They have to be better than the sum of their parts, so to speak. And just about everybody chipped in in some way, shape, or form today. You know, Daryl Sutter made uh, the right move switching his goaltenders following the first period to give his workhorse Jacob Markstrom a bit of a break and to try to spark his guys by bringing Dan Vladar into the game. And I'll say this, the team played a lot f better in front of Vladar than they did in front of Markstrom, and that's why they came behind, came from behind to win this hockey game. So a season-long four-game winning streak, back-to-back -back wins when trailing following 40 minutes. You don't do it in your first 75 games, and then you do it in game 76 and 77. It's one of those strange stats. There's been uh, a lot of them this season for the Flames. And all of a sudden, 
they are one win away from going into Wednesday's game against the Jets, the biggest game of the season for both sides, tied for the second wild card spot in the Western Conference. Flames play the Blackhawks on Tuesday. Jets don't play again until Wednesday. And the Flames have an opportunity to put themselves in a position to, with a win on Tuesday and then another one on Wednesday, be in sole possession of a playoff spot for the first time in a long time. A lot of people waved the white flag on this Flames team. Thankfully, they didn't do it, and now they're building those intangibles. Uh, belief, confidence, momentum, and it's uh, been a lot of fun to watch, and the roller coaster ride feels fun for the first time this season, doesn't it? Uh, okay, guys, be well. See you tomorrow. Good night, Pat. S- sleep time. <laughs> Peter, yes, you need it. Peter Labardius, Derek Wills, signing off following tonight's 5-4 win over Anaheim. Third period numbers, uh, just if you're wondering, from a uh, uh, high-danger scoring chance, shot attempt uh, side of things, pretty much the entire third period was played at 5-on-5. Five five. Flames had a 33-5 edge in 5-on-5 five five shot attempts in the third period. That's 86.8% on the shot share or possession scale. I think that's the highest I've seen all year in one period from Calgary and high danger scoring chances were eight nothing in that third period so look did I love Calgary's game tonight no I I didn't love it against San Jose didn't love it against Vancouver but I will say because they're playing teams that maybe aren't as uh well they're 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 further down the standings they allow you to hang around when you're a better team and I do like the way the Flames have responded in all those games great third period against San Jose great third period against Vancouver and an absolutely dominant period tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. Not perfect. You don't want to put yourself in that situation because you know what? If they do it against Chicago on Tuesday, maybe the Blackhawks find a way to beat you and you just don't want to you don't want to play with fire too many times. But at the very least they know they can do it and they've done it two times in a row. And that was an absolutely one sided period number three from the Flames tonight. Okay, get in line on the phone lines, 403-240-4444. Your phone calls in just minutes. Text lines filling up at 969-60 as you get in line on the phone. Phone lines. Let's hear from head coach Daryl Sutter post game. Short but sweet from the head coach following a 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Your thoughts on this one? Wasn't pretty, but found a way. Similar to Vancouver in that regard? No, I don't think so. I think we had a lot more more jump in Vancouver. We had some guys tonight that didn't have a lot of jump in their game. What's the um, what was the mindset behind pulling Markstrom? Same as changing lines around. Just trying to get a little more jump in it. Did you, did you see what you needed to see out of the new lines? We won the game. That's what we're trying to see, right? Yeah, like Michael Stone been out of the lineup for a little while. Steps back in with the heel. Yeah, that was a good decision to get him back in there. You get your first comeback win when trailing after two periods. The next uh, game, you get your longest win streak of the season. What does that do for the belief in the room as you try to chase just, it Just, you know what, just trying to stay focused on the games, right? That's it. Get, get some rest, reload. What do you think of this team's mindset now that they've had back-to-back games where they've been able to come back after trailing after 40 minutes? Well, if we don't get points, we're, we're out of it, right? We're trying to make every game meaningful. So just continue to try and do that. Are moments like this when having a veteran team is a huge benefit for you? Actually, the young, young guys' legs were there. We moved guys around tonight. Even when we talked about goalie, and the only thing we didn't switch around was D and put a new one in. So it was actually the guys that moved around that gave us a little boost. 
There you go. That is head coach Daryl Sutter post game following tonight's 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, call now 403-240-4444. Text now 960-960. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge as uh, we continue along on your Flames Talk post game show. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation for all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Your phone calls and your texts coming up next. More trips inside the Flames locker room and lots more to get to. Flames Talk available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Okay, your final score, Flames 5, Ducks 4 here at the Scotiabank Saddledome as Calgary uh, stays within two of the Winnipeg Jets for the final playoff spot in the Western Conference. They have moved within three of the Seattle Kraken. Seattle uh, does have two fewer games played than both Winnipeg and Calgary, though, so the the Kraken seem like they're uh, in a pretty good spot to make the playoffs. But again, things tightening up, and Nashville not going away either. The Preds just continue to be this stocking horse that won't go away in the West conference either uh steinberg along with you uh apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts uh give us a call uh, in fact we got a number of lines open uh, pretty thin on a sunday so if you want to chat now uh you won't get a give a get a busy signal rather if you give us a call at 403-240-4444 or fire us a text at 960 960 lots of text to get to but get in line on the phone lines uh let's hear from the gentleman who scored the game winner with less than three minutes to go face off play and michael Stein back in the lineup after missing 20 with a lower body injury he scores the game winner let's hear from Michael post game following tonight's victory over the Ducks 20 games out of the lineup and then that gotta feel great yeah it's good yeah. <laughs> it's nice a little uh, little up and down throughout the game but nice to finish with that one take me through your mindset on the, on the goal uh, the boys did a good job in the face off circle Rich coming in and helping Naz, and then I had a little bit of time to wind up. The, it seems like those shots all year long hit the post and go out as opposed to go in. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Uh, not for me. <laughs> 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 Mine either get blocked or miss the net. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of those. I mean, we know you as a bit of a chatty Kathy, but what kind oh, of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of reception did you get from the guys on the bench? Like I saw your reaction was pretty muted, but everyone around you seemed yeah. to be jazzed. Yeah, it was good. Um, it's just nice to come back in and contribute. And then when you get the love from all the guys, it's nice. When did the boot actually come off? Boot. Uh, th- two and a half, three weeks ago, maybe. You talk about Weger making that shot block that led to the Lucci yeah. goal, and saw everybody around him on the bench. That's just kind of the mm-hmm. commitment level you guys expect and well, kind of get we'll, from great players. Yeah, that's what we need right now too. That's the time of year where you put your body on the line for whatever, whatever it takes to get the job done. I know it's a little bit of scoreboard watching season. At what point did you find out that the Jets had won tonight? Right now. 
<laughs> I was not aware. <laughs> Donald in, I guess. <laughs> I guess having to watch for a while, just when things were frustrating for the team, uh, what was the difference you saw in mindset kind of being on the periphery of it to what we're seeing now with the team hitting all these firsts in the late stages of the season? Well, it's about time we've done it, I guess. Um, you know, we've watched and we've played good hockey and we've played not so good hockey. And that stretches from shift to shift and game to game. But, um, and I think you could say the same about tonight. We, we had periods of the game where we were not very good and we had periods where we controlled a lot of the play. And tonight we managed to get one more than the other guys. How did it feel being on a period with Troy tonight? Good, yeah. I first first experience playing with him so it was uh yeah it was good he moves well skates well so it's uh everybody in here is pretty good so there's not much yeah you could just speak to the momentum you guys have been building this year because it's mm-hmm. something that you haven't done a lot of this year yeah it's right time of year to do it um it'd be better if we were in a different position but it's uh it's good that we're stringing some wins together there you go. That is Michael Stone post game following tonight's 5 4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, let's get to the text line. It's open for you at 960 960. Let's dive in, starting with Mike, who says, uh, scroll up. All I can say is, wow, Pat, two straight comeback wins after zero in the first 75. Add to that a four-game win streak for the first time all season. I think it's fair to say this team's finally hit their stride. That Lucic goal celebration coupled with that Uyghur block was one of the highlights of the season for me. You could see it in the players' faces and reactions. Uh, These guys are finally coming together as a team and playing towards a common goal. This past week is the first time all season I feel like the players themselves actually believe they can do it, and that's a pretty powerful feeling. I give this team a lot of credit for showing impressive resolve and continuing to fight despite their backs being up against the wall. Uh, This from Ruben, who says, I disagree with the idea of playing Markstrom versus Chicago. You must give Marky Chicago off and have him rested versus the Jets. You can see him a bit fatigued the last couple of games. Yeah, it's part of the reason, even though uh, Vladar played 40 tonight. I think I'd still go Vladar. I'm a little less firm on it than I was because of what happened tonight. Uh, go back to Friday's post game. I was pretty firm that yeah, I think you should go to Vladar uh, against Chicago and like very firm. I still think that's what you should do. And then obviously Markstrom against Winnipeg on Wednesday. I am curious what they do though. Uh, this Brian from Harmony says that Luch goal and the stone bomb couldn't have been timed better. Seattle needs to slide now. Again, Seattle with the two fewer games played, they're in the best spot of the teams that are not in division playoff spots right now. Uh, and they're the, they're the highest team, uh, that exists still in the Pacific division that doesn't have a playoff spot clinched with Vegas, LA and Edmonton all clinched Seattle at 90 points, Winnipeg 89. But again, the Kraken have fewer games played than anybody in the playoffs right now. Um, Nashville is 75 on the outside. Colorado is 75 on the inside. And Seattle has 75 games played right now. Uh, this says, Pat, it wasn't pretty, but two points is two points. Our savior to keep the dream alive, at least for another day, is Stone. 
To me, they absolutely must take two points against the Hawks to draw even with the Jets for what will perhaps be a season-defining game. With Vladar playing a majority of tonight's game, I still would go to him against the Hawks and then a very rested Markstrom against the Jets on Wednesday. Thoughts? That's from Sam. And Sam, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um... This says, this was not Backlund's best game, but if there's a flame who deserves the C, it's Michael. When will it happen? I think the only time, or not the only time, but I think when they do name a um, when they do name a captain, or if they do name a captain, it'll be prior to uh, next season. I don't think they'll do it this year. I mean, hey, stranger things have happened. Miguel writes, Pat, good win today, but a lot of work to be done before I get too excited about nothing. Plus, Winnipeg wins today, and Nashville plays again tomorrow. Yeah, those Preds don't want to go away, do they? Um, by the way, Nashville tomorrow is on the road in Dallas for a difficult game. The Preds do have a very difficult schedule down the stretch. Um, this says, would you re-sign Stetcher? Good sample size from him. I'm not ready to go there one way or the other as of yet. There's been some really good. There's also been some rough stretches. And I also need to know what's going on with Shillington. So I'm, I'm not ready to say one way or the other on, on the Stetcher front. That's one. I, I want to see how these final five go. I want to see what happens in the playoffs as well. Stu in Revy. Oh, look, another uh, Revelstoke text. We got Dylan and Revy. Now Stu in Revelstoke. Believe, believe, believe. This is finally the team we all hope they'd be all season long. I'm afraid it's going to be too little too late based on the recent play of Winnipeg, but at least this last month has been a blast to watch, and I'm stoked to finally see the boys having some fun out there. Michael Stone's a straight dog. What a beast. Go Flames, go. Uh, that was pretty cool to see Stoner come back in and, and score that. This from Ryan in Okotoks. As mobile as Hannafin tries to be, he makes an embarrassing number of horrendous mistakes every game. Tonight he had so many bonehead plays that led to high-danger scoring chances against, at least one of which ended up in their net. And at the end of the game with seconds left, instead of holding the puck against the boards, he gives the puck away. They're not going to win big games with D-men like him. He's got to go this offseason. Uh, I did think Hannafin had a rough night tonight. Uh, I'm with you on this one. Mick writes, uh, rainbows and lollipops pops give me a break this team isn't even close and I do know there is uh, still a contingent of um, not not ready to buy in group out there and, and I can understand that as well with how this season is gone this reads from Tim and Hillhurst awesome that Mark Mike's, Michael Stone got the game winning goal with a bomb from the point he's a solid out every minute of his ice time regardless of when he played last uh, who he's playing with or who the opposition is imagine that level of professionalism and consistency from guys Guys like Huberdeau and Kadri, if only. One thing I'll say about Stone is I'm not surprised he stepped back in and played well. Michael tonight, uh, uh, in his return, had the goal, obviously. Played 13-41, two goals, four shots. He's used to it. He did it many times the last couple of years. Sat for long periods of time, whether it be healthy, scratched, or injured. Comes back in as if he um, didn't miss a beat. So, good on him. Um, this says, another comeback win when they needed it. Becoming resilient down the stretch and starting to catch fire, in my opinion. If they make the dance, they could make some noise. That's from, uh, that's from Dylan. Uh, this says, Pat. Have to give the Flames credit for keeping with it. A nice third. As far as Marky's concerned, he should be put in jail. Um, this from Kevin, 40-year Flames fan, deep behind enemy lines in Fort Sask. At the moment, comes to mind not to look past Chicago as Winnipeg looms. Need those two points in Chicago to keep hope alive. That is something that I, uh, I, I think is fair. 
You've got that huge game against Winnipeg. Do not look past the Hawks on Tuesday. Not to suggest the Hawks are a great team. Of course they're not, but you've got to be as focused on that as you are against Winnipeg the following night. Uh, this reads, boys needed two points, and that's what they got. Back-to-back -back comeback wins showing signs of a new team. Not the prettiest, but we'll take the two points. Big week coming up this week. This from Eduardo. Pat, what a nail-biter considering the most important points. What are your thoughts of starting Vladar for the next few games? Well, I'll, I, I, for me, I'm starting him against Chicago, and I'm non-negotiable going to Markstrom against Winnipeg, no doubt about that. Doug in Canmore writes, Pat couldn't be happier for Stone and Lucic. Both huge goals if they're going to make the playoffs. It sure feels like their game against the Jets is going to be a win-and-you're-in moment. Smart to rest Markey in the third. His most important 60 minutes will be here on Wednesday. I believe the boys are going to make the playoffs. Love the show. That comes from Doug and Canmore. And I got to read this. Um, <laughs> this reads, Stetcher, Stone, both start with ST. Both are D-men. I think we got to crown them the STD pairing. <laughs> Aren't they called STIs now? Isn't STD outdated? <laughs> no, actually, that's really creative. I don't think we're going to, but I had to read that. That's actually quite clever. <laughs> The STD pairing. Well done. Um, and finally from Wedley, don't dream it's over, Pat. Hey, George, it's okay to enjoy a four-game winning streak. Uh, that's from Wedley on the text line at 960-960. Okay, phone lines open at 403-240-4444. Uh, let's go there right now. It's your Flames Talk postgame following a 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks on a Sunday night. Call now. Still have a line open if you want to jump in. Flames Talk postgame on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast and we go to the phone lines and say hello to Parsons what's going on Parsons you're kicking us off hey brother how's your night good man how about yours it's awesome I feel like we're gonna have an exact repeat convo from the last game okay where Winnipeg was crushing it and we're down to nothing in our game so it's uh it's pretty awesome that we pulled it out of the bag I mean it wasn't a Picasso but hey we got the W, and that's what matters, right? Yeah. So, um, actually, I'm a little surprised that we started with Marky tonight. Like I was saying last game, I thought the guy was looking a little bit worn out. Um, I would have preferred uh, – well, this is all in hindsight, obviously. But, right. I mean, I, I would have preferred Vladar, you know, uh, this game in Chicago, rest uh, – rest Marky a little bit because, you know, it's it's almost a tell with goalies, you know, when they start losing rebound control and you're either a worn-out goalie or you're a cold goalie, it seems like, if you're not controlling those rebounds and you're not, you know, playing like Velcro. So, I don't know. I, I hope the guy, uh, Marky, gets a rest here for a little bit. Um, other than that. Well, I um, mean, he's going to play Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to do. I, I was I would have gone Markstrom tonight. Um, again, hindsight, trying to take hindsight out of it. What I said on Friday, and and I thought Markstrom Anaheim, Markstrom Winnipeg, Vladar Chicago, Markstrom for one third of Anaheim, Vladar for two thirds. I still think I'd go Vladar Chicago, and then uh, of course Markstrom Wednesday against Winnipeg. It's just like you you have to agree. It's hard though to like make a plan on paper, you know, while trying to, you know, 
check on the pulse of the actual goalie because Marky has played a lot of hockey lately. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be able to go, okay, well, I'd like to pencil this guy in here and here and here. But, you know, sometimes a guy gets worn out and, you know. For sure. He's losing, he's losing his rebounds. And, okay, uh, maybe we would like him to play this game, but maybe he needs to sit this game. So, But, hey, um, the secondary scoring was awesome tonight. A lot of guys scored that we didn't expect. So um, it was a good comeback win. I hope we see a little bit more from Dubé, Kadri moving forward because those guys could be our, um, you know, uh, guys who help put us over. So, um, hey, first first four game in a row this year. So good on them, and uh, I wish them the best of the luck the rest of the way, man. All right, Pars. Take care, man. See you, pal. Good call. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Got some lines open if you want to chat on this Sunday night. Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show. Travis up next. What's up, Travis? Hey, Pat. What's up? Um, Yeah, great. Nice four-game winning streak uh, when it matters most, I guess, right? So two comeback wins finally finally get some puck luck maybe because we know they probably deserved a couple comeback wins this season before these two um so it's nice to see them get those out i'd say that winnipeg games obviously i I guess it's pretty clear that's probably the biggest game of the season is that that your hot take (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah that's like flying off the shelf hot take no one no one goes (laughs) on to that one (laughs) but uh you know, if they don't win that game, it's probably, it's probably over. But uh, but I, it, it's just nice to see them winning, I guess. So um, you can't ask for much more. They haven't been that pretty, some of them. But uh, but they've obviously got us all believing a bit. They, they have to be, right? <laughs> so it was looking pretty. I mean, bleak depends for a who while. you ask. There are, there are some who are. There are some who 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 aren't. Um, it all kind of depends on on who you ask. I think some are believing, um, and I think there are some who are still very skeptical that it's going to happen. And I and honestly, Trav, I, I get it on both sides. I, I obviously believe a bit right now, just because how they're playing and and just how it's transpired over the last little bit. But but deep down inside, as a Flames fan, I feel like uh, we're going to miss by one or two points, <laughs> and. You, you know what I'm saying? Just because that's that's like that's like status quo for the for the Flames, just to miss by a bet. <laughs> so, um, but but there's you know, on the positive note, uh, man, we we all look at the Kachuk trade and we're like, you know, Kachuk's lighting it up again this year. But Uyghur, we get Uyghur in that deal, and Uyghur is going to be a real solid part of the Z core for a long time here. Obviously, he's locked up, so that's another hot take, but. But uh, but the way he plays and just just um, what he brings to the table, I think we're definitely seeing the Uyghur we thought we got when he got traded to us. Yeah, I agree. What do you think about he's, that? Uh, he's uh, he's been really good for him. 
Um, again, he's actually been, I, I know that there had been some criticism on his defensive game, but I've, I've actually quite liked him in his own zone for most of this season, the way that he competes, the way that he battles his stick. I think he's got the, I think he is right now, especially with Tanev out, but even before that, I think he is their best guy when it comes to killing plays. And, and he did that again, a number of times in this game, the way that he uses his stick to, to really negate good opportunities. Um, and and to kill cycles or kill outlets, uh, sorry, uh, entries. Um, he's been really good in that regard and, and had another really good game tonight. So, yeah, and, and now we're seeing the confidence level that he's playing with offensively and with the puck on his stick is at a completely different level. And you can tell that he's just more comfortable here. Second half of the season has been a significant step forward from him. And I think that's uh, that's to be expected. So, yeah, he's been great. Yeah, like he's really solid at the blue line, uh, breaking up passes when they're coming in on him. So, yeah, he's been solid. Um, yep. Something I've noticed a little bit this year, and actually, um, I don't know what you think, if there's any truth to it, but at times the Flames just get playing too far apart. So I, I find when they play a little closer together, make the shorter passes and kind of get moving and flowing, I feel like they create a lot more like that. When they get stretched out and try to make the long passes, I feel like that – a lot of times when the puck gets brought back up the other way. I don't know. Well, what there's you not think a lot. There's that. not a lot of teams that can do it really well when playing the to that that far apart style that you're talking. Not even style, but I mean, there's not a lot of teams that can. I think there's a few teams that, with their speed and and with their elite talent, they're able to do that, and it's part of what they do. You know, I think about the the team up north. Um, I think about uh, New Jersey. Uh, the, some of those teams that have the the high end talent and play with a ton of speed that that can do that. But yeah, that's not what Calgary game is all about and so they're a team that is absolutely built on being close together uh, whether it's in the offensive zone or whether it's breaking out of their own zone yeah absolutely and they're they're not a team that is um they're they're not a team that does well when they're kind of stretched apart like that it's just not their strength another question for you since we're playing to have been playing a lot better as of late do you think Daryl Sutter's lighting up a bit, or do you do you think there's no lightning lightning up in Daryl Sutter? Uh, he's pretty relentless. I mean, I, I can't tell you for sure whether or not he's lightened up behind closed doors, but um, I know that he's pretty relentless guy. Um, most definitely. And um, yeah, Pat. I'm obviously I'm just gonna keep hoping, man, that the Flames can uh, pull this one out. I sh- I sure hope they can because. Like we said at the beginning of the season, if they miss, it's a, it's a huge disappointment and a pretty big failure on them. But, you know, I think they do have a lot of talent in that room and a lot of guys and some veterans, like we say. So I guess this is a time where we'll show if it comes through, right? Um, yep. um It's there for the taking. I think they play all teams that are out of the playoffs except for Winnipeg. And if they beat Winnipeg and can maybe run the table, you know, that's – uh, well, and again, I don't think I don't think Nashville nor Vancouver are going to be easy marks either. No, no, that's fair. Fair enough. Yeah, no, uh, Vancouver's played well. I actually think I think that that uh, that Vancouver game is really interesting to me. I know how upset 
they were in that market with the way that Friday's game ended and the the penalty call that led to the Huberdeau um, game tying goal. So I, I'm really curious how fired up the Canucks are going to be on Saturday night after the Winnipeg game. So, yeah, I, 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 they, they're they in a spot where they're still in it. They're probably going to be in it till the very end, and that's better than the alternative, man. I'll, I'll take that all day, every day, compared to playing out the string. That's for sure. Appreciate it, Trav. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Pat. Have a good night, man. Good to hear from you, man. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. This is your Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We say hello to Thomas. What's up, Thomas? Hey, Pat. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Definitely enjoying that win. Um, I thought they definitely got better as the game went on tonight. Third being the be- better than the second. Second better than the first, obviously. So just happy with the result and that we get to keep believing for a couple more days here. Yeah, probably probably another week and a half that you're pro- like so Monday, yeah, so nine days left in the season when we hit Monday of this week. So yeah, I think I think you probably got eight or nine days at the very least of, of believing and maybe more if they make it. Absolutely. Um, do you know any possible reason why they may have got off to such a slow start tonight? Like it, it just wasn't what I was expecting when I when I sat down to watch tonight. But it no, really just I do not. Like, no, I yeah, I, I, I think me. I think there's a couple things. Um, I think first of all, I think that you're talking. I think they're pretty. I, I think that they know the the circumstances and they know what's at stake here. And so I think that when you've got games that mean so much I think sometimes you just can be a little tight sometimes so I wonder a little bit about that Um, and Anaheim's a team that they've got some skill they they are playing loose and so when you're kind of worrying about not making mistakes and and making sure that you know your your game is on and the other team's playing really loose and carefree they get that early goal not the, you know, probably one that the goalie would like to have back on their first shot of the game. I think it can, I think kind of spiral from there. So that would be my best hypothesis. But do I have a, an actual answer for you? No, I, I, I don't. That's fair. That's fair. I actually thought tonight that Hannafin was good at generating offense, even though it was kind of at the expense of some of his plays in his own, own end. Yeah, I thought he was kind of. Up and down. I thought he had some jump offensively and was on it there. And at the same time, I thought he made some really um, frustrating mistakes in his own end. Yeah. Um, it would be. I think it would be great if we can get him paired up with Tanev again because Tanev is like the ultimate kind of, I don't yeah. mean this in a bad way, but babysitter in the league. Um, is there? Do you have any insight on when he might come back just because I, I mean, I don't think it's LA too game. far away. Yeah. I, he's back yeah. skating, so he skated on his own at least once. So I think he, I think that if they make the playoffs, I think he'll be an option for him and, and could be an option before then. Uh, but do I have, like, an actual timeline as to when he'll be back? No, he hasn't returned to practice with the group. They practice on Monday morning. We'll see if he's out there for that game. So I, I think there's a chance that he's back before the end of the season. How's that? I don't know um, what percentage I could put on it, but I think there's a chance. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Just because I think... Daryl might have been asked about it 
a week or so ago, and it kind of seemed like he might be close, but obviously we haven't seen him since then. So I, that makes sense to me. If like it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's just they're just resting him until that big. No, game they're not resting face. him, man. They are not resting him. I can tell you that much. I guess rest wasn't the best word to use, but it like we saw it last year in the Edmonton series. Like he came back for Game Four, even though we could all tell he was not a hundred percent. So it would make sense to me if maybe things keep going well that that game against Winnipeg is still huge that he might being the guy he is just really gritted out for that that huge game yeah that would not surprise me knowing this guy yeah um I also wanted to talk a little bit about Seattle too I know they still have two games in hand and they're in a relatively comfortable position but I've just been doing a little bit of scoreboard watching with them lately, and I think for the past month or so, they've kind of just been average, just like a 500 team. Have you yeah. been able to watch any of Seattle like, um, and get any read on how well they are actually playing, or have you, just, have you not been able to, to see, see a lot of them recently? I haven't seen a ton of their games. I, I, watched, them, uh, I watched them actually for a decent chunk against L.A. Was that last night? Yeah, it was last night. I don't know. Days blend together. Their last game against L.A., um, which, yeah, was last night. I watched them a little bit in that game. They play hard, man. I, I, they, they rarely play a poor hockey game. Um, they, they sometimes run into offensive issues, but they rarely play poorly. They're structured. Hackstall's got them playing a really uh, good shot suppression game. They don't give up a ton. Uh, I'm still not sold on their goaltending. Their goaltending is the area that I think is their weakest, and I think it is the area that, you know, come playoff time, I'll have the least confidence in uh, about their game. So, yeah, I've watched a decent amount of Seattle over the last little bit. Um, Again, they're not going to wow you with anything they do. They play a really structured game. Uh, They're kind of like a less – I don't want to say this in a derogatory fashion, but they kind of, it's kind of like a less talented Calgary group when you take a look at what they've got, um, or at least on paper, a less talented Calgary group. Uh, the one thing about the Kraken is that they've got a pretty, like their next five games, Arizona, Vancouver, Arizona, Chicago, Arizona, and they wrap with two against Vegas. I think Seattle's going to make it. Um, I, I just looking at their schedule, I think they're going to be there when it's all said and done. If they if they're not, then that is a significant collapse. Yeah, that's kind of how I read it too. But it's just something I've kind of just been moder- monitoring because, like, they haven't really pulled away. Like those top three teams in the Pacific these last two three weeks have all. Yeah, really but I don't like. Away. Did you ever see Seattle as one of the teams? That would no. like honestly, like they were a pretty big surprise where they were before. I they play hard. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be a tough out in the playoffs. But um, I, I, you know, they're still they're still on their way to being a consistent hockey team. It's only year two for them. Yeah, and that it's honestly an amazing accomplishment that they're like here and that we're talking about them in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just they're just an interesting team to me because, like like you said, like they suppress a lot of shots, they play well defensively, but their goaltending struggles. So normally you'd think that like a good defensive team would be paired with good goaltending. So they've just been a really hard team in that sense for me to figure out this year. Not trying to take anything away from them, they definitely deserve to be where they are. But yeah, just just a weird team I've had a hard time figuring out this year. Kind of look like a year two expansion team in a lot of ways but also a team that's done some 
and Thomas, we got to wrap up, but I don't think Seattle was as bad as their record suggests last year. Their goaltending had let them down a lot last year. I don't think they were anywhere near as bad as what it looked like when their record um, when, when their record wrapped up after 82 games. So I them taking a little mm-hmm. bit of a step forward, not a massive surprise. This big a step forward. Yeah, it's surprising, but I thought they were going to be a better group than they were in year one. i got to move on, man. I appreciate the call tonight. Yep, no, thanks for taking my call, Pat. Have a good night. You too, Thomas. Take a couple more calls before we go back inside the Flames locker room following a 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Your Flames Talk postgame show on a Sunday night with Cody up next. What's up, Cody? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Uh, uh, honestly, I didn't think I'd get in. But uh, I'm here with my eight-year-old son. Say hi, Harrison. Hi. So what i seen tonight was I haven't been able to watch hockey for the last couple of years, work out of town in the oil industry. So you just listen to you guys and take your opinions. But this this bitching about Sutter, I think, is wrong. Sutter has always proved himself. Whether it's been here in 2004 in LA, you talking about? Are you talking about to... tonight, or are you talking about like bigger picture? No, in general, I think Sutter. Everyone's saying this year Sutter needs to be fired. He's got to get let let go. But I don't. Well, think I don't know if everybody's saying issue. that. I don't know if everybody's saying that, Cody. But they're okay, they're, de- enough, they're definitely they're, they're definitely has that. been. I uh, just mean. There definitely has been some criticism out there. There's no doubt yes. about that. And, and you know what? And you is, know what? I'm not arguing with them about that, but I think Sutter tonight, I seen the team go into the corners and dig like they did in 2004. We didn't have an amazing team in 2004. It wasn't awesome to watch, but as a Flames fan, you went in, you dug, you grounded out a win even though you didn't have any stars. And I kind of seen that tonight. Everyone was going in, trying their hardest just to get the puck, make a play. It wasn't about superstars. And I think that's Sutter's system. And I think we got to give him time because every time he goes to L.A. or 2004 or anything like that, he always actually ends up with a really good team. I think Calgary fans have really... uh, underestimated him or not underestimated him. I mean, he, he did him. win. He did win the Jack Adams last year. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think he's a great coach and I know he's tough. And I'm sure a lot of these players hate him because he's too tough. But at the end of the day, if they fall into his system, he's a winning coach. He's probably, and, I, I, I think, I, I think that he is, a very good head coach. I think he's going to be in the yeah. Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. I think the way that he wants his team to play is still very much in line with how you win in the NHL in this day and age. But I also know that he is a, a very uh, demanding head coach, and that can sometimes be difficult. Um, and I also think there have been reasons to be critical of him this year as well. When you take a look at some of the the lineup decisions and and things like that, I think there's been you know reason at times to be somewhat critical. There and I don't think he. When you're having a year like the Flames are having, and despite the fact they've won four in a row now and are making this a little bit interesting down the stretch, which is good news. Um, 
by and large, yeah. it's been a frustrating season, and I don't think that anybody who is in a uh, a high profile role is is above reproach. And I think that the the coach is is in line for criticism at times because that goes along with being an NHL coach. Um, I think the yeah. general manager I, and I, how I, this team is I built. Guess so my point is this: is I don't get to watch a lot of hockey because I work out of town, so I got to listen to your podcasts, yeah, and catch up on it. But what I hear is all the people calling in and saying, get rid of Trilliving, get rid of Sutter. Everyone's the problem. But you know what? I think it just literally is time. Let him get his system in. Well, this I, is, I and I just, just to that point. Goudreau it, would ever work with his system, and he had the best year of his, his, career. his career with yeah. Sutter. So maybe we got to give them time. This year might be a write-off. I I'm praying they make the playoffs. I don't. Uh, I I haven't lost hope in them. But if they don't make it this year, I think next year is going to be awesome because they've started playing his system. And I think it showed tonight when they went in the corners, dug it out, got the puck back. It wasn't about, like, I'm the superstar. It's about we're a team and we're all going to play together, and that's a Sutter system, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but what do you think on that? Well, I think that the way, and I appreciate the call tonight, Cody. You have yourself a great night. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that the way that this team is designed to play, yeah, is is – not based on having any one guy or one line drive the bus because that's that's kind of not the team that they are. They don't have that personnel this year. They did last year with a line with Gaudreau and Kachuk and, and Lindholm. That was a line that could take over a hockey game. That's that's not what they are this year. So, yeah, they're a shot volume team. They're a team that, you know, when, when they play the way that they are designed to, they suppress shots and chances really well, and they spend a lot of time on the attack. They've had trouble converting at times, many times this year that time on the attack into quality offense but that I still think that that is the best way for this team to play um, now you also need coaches to be on same pages with star players and and um, the most important players and all that type of stuff and I think that you know we know that that has been a challenge at times this year but I, I do – it does feel like there's been a little bit of a, okay, enough of the uh, – enough of this. Let's just go out and play. It does feel like there's been a little bit more of that uh, over the last little while. Take one more call before we head back inside the Flames locker room. Phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444. Flames win 5-4 over the Anaheim Ducks. It's Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk post game show on this Sunday night. Let's say hello to Devin. What's going on, Devin? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. So uh, I just kind of have a question for you. Coming down the stretch, it's been great to uh, see guys like Lucic contributing and and those older guys on the team, you know, uh, contributing, being a a high-level factor for the team here. Um, What's your thoughts on whether or not these guys have the gas left, you know, to hit that extra gear coming into, uh, you know, the dying games of the season and then hopefully the playoffs here. Um, it's kind of seems like, you know, Lucic is getting older and, and uh, things like that, but it's, it's always important to have those veterans, you know, that have been there before kind of 
carry that group and, and, you know, keep those younger guys going. I was just wondering if you think that they have the gas left or if, or if Lucic and, and, you know, Backlund, those guys kind of thing, have the gas left to get that done. Well, I think it's, uh, I, I think that they're, you know, kind of different cases. On the Backlund front, uh, I think he's playing, you know, overall the best hockey of his career. Uh, I think he's as well conditioned as he's ever been. Uh, so I, if they make it in, I think Backlund will be a difference maker for him like he has been for pretty much all this season. On the Lucic front, I do think that um, energy levels and and gas in the tank is is something you got to monitor with him, and I think um, down the stretch you you probably have to monitor with it uh, monitor it with him, and and certainly once the grind of the playoffs begins, I think that you have to keep an eye on it as well because I do think there have been times this year um, when you know even taking a look at the games that he's been healthy scratched in uh where i do think you know that that has come off or or come down a little bit so i think it's a case-by-case basis um i think that they've got what it takes in the tank individually to finish out this season they're gonna have to empty those tanks to get in and that's that's number one and then you can kind of see if you can reset if you're able to get in once it's all said and done yeah you know i I think it seems like every time they give Lucic or rest or healthy him it seems like he kind of comes back and is able to to produce randomly in in those games which is good to see and you know maybe they give him some rest uh in playoffs who knows or what happens but uh yeah it would be good to see those guys kind of step up and take that leadership role for the team and and be contributing factors come playoffs well and was uh big to see some uh, I guess uh, surprising performances score some big goals tonight, whether it was Zadorov, the game-tying goal, the Richie go-ahead goal with the Stetcher shot, and then, of course, Lucic and Stone in the in the third period. So good to see some offense from elsewhere on a night where they absolutely needed it. It wasn't from Toffoli, although Toffoli had a good game, um, and he had a couple of assists. It wasn't just Toffoli, uh, or it wasn't just Backlund and that line. Uh, they were able to get it from some different spots which was good to see as well and uh they absolutely needed it of course in uh, in a game that they could not afford to give up points in so uh good to see yeah perfect all right thanks so much Pat. i appreciate it see you Devin. have a great night hey yeah we'll do bye-bye Okay, phone lines open. Got a couple lines open if you want to jump in at 403-240-4444. Uh, text line remains open at 960-960 as well. Let's head back inside the Flames locker room. And speaking of which, uh, we just heard uh, Devin talk a little bit about Milan Lucic. Let's hear from Milan Lucic. He spoke post game following tonight's 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Milan, for the second straight game, this group finds a way to come back when trailing after 40 and a back and forth affair. What's your biggest takeaway from this one tonight? I think uh, we just stuck with it. Uh, we didn't get frustrated, and uh, uh, especially I thought in the third period we, you know, we went out there with the with the focus to to win the game. So uh, yeah, it was a good team effort. Obviously, uh, giving up eight goals in the last two games isn't really a positive, but. You know, we 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 got the win, and that's that's the biggest thing that matters. Can you take us through your goal because we can see not only what a nice job that was, but the emotion that followed suit afterwards. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you want to contribute and you want to, you know, you know, help out uh, any way that you can, and you want to score big goals in, in big moments. And 
you know, was able to do that and uh, to get it to 4-4 and then, you know, big face-off win and Stoney back in the lineup and, and lets his signature bomb go and, and uh, we get the win. So uh, all in all, uh, good job today by everyone uh, finishing off their chances. We go back a month ago and you guys were talking about feeling like a good team that just couldn't win games. Now in Vancouver, you get your first comeback win trailing after two. Now you get your longest win streak of the season. What does that do for the belief in the room? Yeah, it's huge. And I think, you know, being able to come back against a team like Vancouver, who's uh, probably one of the best teams right now, you know, that gave us some confidence to to, out there, to go out there and do it again uh, here tonight. So, uh, again, you know, uh, Winnipeg won, so we need to do our part. You know, five games left, uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to have to win, win all of them, but you just got to take it one game at a time. And, and uh, tonight... Uh, we get a big win to stay to stay in it. You mentioned what it means to contribute. No, <clears throat> in a big moment like that was a pretty sweet snipe. Um, did it feel good coming off your stick? Uh, you know, it was just one of those ones. Uh, uh, Weeks did a good job blocking a shot, and uh, uh, it turns the other way. And Colsey does a good job finding me. And you know, I was just trying to, you know, move my feet. And and once I got my feet under me, just to uh, let it rip as hard as I can. And sometimes when you don't think and just shoot it hard. Uh, it, it finds those spots, so uh, so yeah, it, was, it, was, it felt good coming off my stick, and it was nice to see it going. Now, do you, do you find uh, your your team's response to stress has has changed over the past a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think just uh, just because of the situation that we're in. I mean, every game's a do or die, or like, it feels like a game seven. So uh, everyone knows right now. There's no. There's no time for frustration or negative energy. It's just going out there and uh, playing the way that we can. Well, and Mike, Michael's game winner goes off the post and in. Does it seem like this year, all year long, it goes off the post and out? Yeah, and then, you know, I, I, was, I, I just said before I came to talk to you guys, I think all five goals today were, were, were snipes. So nice to see it go. What do we have, three or four posts in today after, what, 80-plus posts and out? So to see some bounces go our way. How would you describe this team's mindset over these last two games when it comes to trying to overcome a deficit compared to what it's been like for some of the other games this year where you've tried to overcome a deficit and it hasn't worked? I think the the mindset is just simplifying it and you know winning shifts and, and winning periods and, and stuff like that. Obviously we not a good start coming out uh, going down two nothing but you know we cut the lead in half with uh, winning the second period and then winning the third period. So, like I said, just simplifying it and uh, having that type of mindset. That is Milan Lucic postgame following tonight's 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Big goal from Luch. He scores it in the third period. Nice little top corner on Dostal to make it 4-4. Setting up, as he says, uh, Michael Stone's signature bomb as the game winner with less than three minutes to go. It's Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk postgame show. Okay, last call for phone calls, 403-240-4444. If you uh, want to call, do so now. Got some lines open. It is last call, though, so if you want to jump in, call now, 403-240-4444. Would love to hear from you. Uh, still have time for some phone calls. If you want to jump in, 960-960 on the text line remains open as well. Our Alberta-made player of the game tonight brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery. We went with Troy Stetcher. 
in the pregame show. Stetcher uh, recorded his 100th career NHL point in the win over Vancouver on Friday. Tonight has an assist, plus one, plays 14-47, two shots, three attempts, two hits, and one block shot. The line for Troy Stetcher as your Alberta-made player of the game. Okay, we're coming at you on this Sunday night from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for the final time tonight. Uh, let's check in with Tyler Toffoli, your number one star. Couple more assists, career high, 71 points for Toffoli. He spoke post game following tonight's 5 4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. You're talking about what role has emotion played in these last two comebacks? Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've stuck with it. Obviously, things. Uh, didn't go yeah. as planned at the start of the game. We definitely didn't play very well with the first two periods, but um, sticking together as a group and finding a way to win is, is all that matters this time of year. Um, momentum, you guys certainly feeling that for sure. Yeah, obviously things are rolling. Um, you know, definitely easier when pucks are going in for us and um, scoring timely goals, and it definitely goes a long way. Yeah, like Michael Stone hasn't played in 20 games, comes in and scores that goal. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not really surprised a shot like that going in, but um, I thought he came in. Obviously, like you said, he hasn't played in a while, but uh, did his job, played his minutes, and played hard, and um, you know, got us to win. You guys need everyone to step up. I, mean, I don't think that necessarily Stone and Luch would be on the top of people's list to score those third period goals, but it is just guys, you know, taking advantage and making most of it. I don't see why not. I mean, we expect everybody to uh, perform, everybody um, playing hard, and. Um, it's obviously really nice to see Luke scoring a really nice goal, big goal, and um, Stoney as well. So uh, we expect everybody to be doing the same thing, and um, it happened tonight. Tyler, how would you uh, find your team's response to stress has changed recently compared to earlier in the season? I think we, we know that uh, it's that time of the year where um, we got to stick together, we got to find a way, and... Um, I think we've, we've just been doing that. Even uh, the games that we weren't, we weren't winning, they were close games, and um, we were in it. Marky was keeping us in games, and, um, you know, like I've been saying, it's, it's that time of the year, and um, when things are stressful, there's there's no panic in our room. We just keep playing and don't change the way we play and, you know, grind games out. What do you feel like the difference? you know when, when we have faith in both but when there's a change like that, what can that can that do for that group early on? Yeah, obviously we let Marky down. Like I said, we definitely didn't play very well in the first, uh, second as well, but um, Dan made some big saves for us, and uh, at the end of the day, we, we got the win. What was the difference from your perspective between the first two periods and how you guys played in the third? I think we just played harder. We, uh, I mean, in the third period, we stuck to our game plan. We got pucks deep, and uh, we really had them in, and uh, I think the one time in the third period, they got in our zone, and, and I was out there, and our, our, our zone was pretty fresh, so that's uh, that's obviously a good sign. That is Tyler Toffoli postgame following his team's 5-4 win over Anaheim here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Okay, Flames Talk postgame. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, back to the phone lines in just minutes, but right now, text line 960-960. Lots of text still to get to following a fourth consecutive win for the Flames, their first four-game win streak of the season. This says too little, too late. Flames have to run the table, and that isn't going to happen. Good try, though. I don't know. I don't know if they do have to run the table. I mean, they've got five games to go. I don't think that they necessarily need to get to 97 points to get in. You know, 
Winnipeg plays a part in it. The Jets have been much better of late. Uh, they've scored 12 in their last two games, so they've been able to keep things uh, ahead of the Flames by taking care of their own business. Uh, Jets, uh, if the Jets go... Uh, 4-0-1 in their last five. Doesn't matter what the Flames do. Uh, that's the way things go. And probably if the Jets go 4-1, and it won't matter what the Flames do. 4-0-1 guarantees the Jets in. Regardless of what Calgary does, 4-1 will get Winnipeg in. Regardless, uh, Likely would get Cal- Winnipeg in, rather, regardless of what Calgary does. But I don't know if the Flames do need to run the table because I don't know if the Jets are going to do that. And, and there's a head-to-head in there, too. And that head-to-head is pretty important. You know, so I'm, I'm just, you know, they could, assuming they beat Chicago, which I don't think we should assume, but they should beat Chicago. If they don't, that's two points that they absolutely have given away. If they beat Chicago, they'll be tied with Winnipeg with one more game played heading into that game against the Jets on Wednesday night. We'll see how it all plays out. Big game, no doubt about it. Uh, Shane says, Backlund is not captain material. Solid player, but he's not a game changer. Iggy Giordano could single-handedly change the game. Bax isn't that guy. Uh, I don't think, first of all, you need to be a game changer to be a captain. Uh, I don't think that that is a prerequisite, in my opinion. And number two, I think Backlund would make a great captain, so we will agree to disagree on that. Uh, This says, who will the Flames play in the first round? Thanks. Um, Well, if they get there... It literally could be any one of three teams. I I think they're going to play. I think the eight seed or the number two wild card team will probably play a Pacific Division team. So Vegas, L.A., Edmonton are all on the table. Right now, if the playoffs were to start today, it would be Vegas versus Winnipeg, Minnesota versus Seattle, Colorado versus Dallas, and a rematch of L.A. and Edmonton. But there's still lots of on the table one point separates the three teams in the central two points separate the three teams in the pacific so there's a lot of jockeying still to be done between now and the end of the regular season this says pat it's my birthday can i get a happy birthday on the air of course you can happy birthday to michelle and tuxedo park i'm just gonna say a happy 21st uh, happy 21st birthday to uh, michelle from tuxedo park i don't know her age but I think 21, you're safe. Um, this says, Huberdeau had a good game tonight, had one assist, could have had four, skating much better, had jump and is playing physical. Good to see, and they need it in this stretch drive. Uh, this from Fred in South Calgary, Pat, momentous win. Definitely a gutsy call, bringing Vladar in cold with two periods to go. Hail to the coach and Sutter we trust. When do you feel Tanev gets back in? Definitely need him for that Jets game. Well, he hasn't even returned to practice yet, so I don't know if I have a feel for you. Um, do I think it's complete? Completely out of the question that he returns for Wednesday against the Jets. No, the only reason I say that is because he has resumed skating. We'll see if he practices Monday morning. That'll give us a better indication. But just knowing him, knowing the importance of that Jets game, I I could see him gutting through and playing. Uh, But again, he hasn't returned to practice. He has resumed skating, but he hasn't practiced with the group as of yet. So we'll see. Um, But again, I don't think it's completely out of the question, but I'm not necessarily anticipating it either. Uh, This from Joe and Langdon, who says, um, you know what? I'm not going to read that one. 
because it's somebody signing a fake name. Just uh, just choose your real name. Uh, this from Inara. Big lesson from last game and tonight's is that consistency is key. Can't rely on players being sparked. Instead, should dig into what went well and focus on that against Chicago and the Jets. Uh, this reads, gotta live, love those two big guys on D, Big Z and Stone. So happy to see them contributing, both scoring big goals in this game tonight. This from Voitech in Edmonton says, I'm a fan of all Canadian teams and hope to have them all in the playoffs someday. I know it's probably a long shot, but I'd love to see another Battle of Alberta in the playoffs this year, keeping my fingers crossed. Well, Voitech, I don't think it's completely out of the question uh, because Edmonton does have a shot at winning the division. The way they're playing right now, uh, I, they, they could, I, I don't think easily is maybe the right word, but could feasibly track down both LA and Vegas for that top spot in the Pacific so I don't think it's completely out of the question that if Calgary were to get in as the number two wild card that it could be Calgary Edmonton in round one and if Calgary does get in they likely stay in the Pacific division and so if that is the case and Edmonton wins a first round matchup and Calgary wins their first round matchup then you could get another round two battle of Alberta again getting a little ahead of ourselves but it's not out of the question anyway um, this says uh, from uh, Jason in Kelowna. With the fourth line getting benched for a lot of the night in Vancouver, I was surprised to not see Pelche or Ruzicka rotated back in, but credit to Lucic and Richie to bounce back and chip in offensively. Would still love to see some younger legs with something to prove when a tire, with a tired team playing three games in four nights. I would be surprised if we see any lineup changes for Tuesday against Chicago. Um, this says, Pat, can you confirm or deny that Tanev was back on the ice today? Randomly read it on Reddit. Yeah, I do believe he started skating again. His stall's back. Not his stall, but he's got kind of a temporary stall back in the locker room. He had uh, equipment up there at practice on Saturday, so I believe that he skated on both Saturday and Sunday. So Tanev is back skating, but again, hasn't returned to practice as of yet. Uh, this from Rory on the way home from the Dome to Lacombe says, just left the library in the middle of a playoff battle disappointed with the crowd boys battled hard and had urgency late when it was required um i do think that uh this was a it was a nervous crowd tonight and i don't think a sunday night game against the anaheim ducks necessarily brings out the most raucous atmosphere but i will say when they scored those three goals to end up taking the lead in the second period and especially I thought it was louder when Luch scored to tie it than it was when Stone scored to win it and it was loud when Stone scored to win it so I, I, thought, I still thought it was a decent atmosphere as uh, we got down to the wire in the third period tonight um what else we got here at 96960 this says Markstrom's the biggest liability on the ice. Does any other goalie let in more first shot goals than Markstrom? He'd let one in tonight, and, and that put him behind the eight ball, no doubt about it. But he has been a much better goaltender over the last little bit. Uh, this from Ash. I'm ecstatic, ecstatic to see Dewar get promoted to that backland line. I hope he stays there for the next game. Also, I don't believe Sutter's found anyone that really fits with Kadri other than Richie. Yeah, it's been tough to find. I, I think that um, there has been some decent chemistry at times with Kadri and Manjapani at times with Kadri and Dubé, but I, I do think there's been some decent chemistry there with him and Richie. Um, as for Dewar staying on that line, the problem is that means you're displacing Coleman, and I don't think that that is the right call. They, they switch things up 
for this game to get a little bit of a spark, but I'd go right back to Coleman on the right side of Backlund. No knock on Dewar. Uh, I just think Dewar is still best slotted as your number four right wing, and I think Coleman is best slotted as Michael Backlund's right wing because those two play really, really well together. Uh, this reads from Will and BC. Pat Negative Me says the Flames should have won these last two games, but Positive Me says they won games they've had trouble winning earlier in the season. Can't argue with four in a row no matter who the opposition was. They need another one Tuesday night, and they're proving they can win these games. So Wednesday is all of a sudden like a sudden-death playoff game for me. I agree with you. Vladar on Tuesday, Markstrom on Wednesday. Are you as impressed as I am with Dewar and Stetcher? Also very nice to see Stone get that game winner. Dewar's been a great story this year. Awesome to see Stone back in. I've liked Stetcher the last couple of games. Uh, I, I think the thing with Troy is, the effort, competitive level, is always going to be a 10 out of 10. Um, I've liked that he's been a little bit more assertive offensively over the last little bit. I still think that there are stretches where he gets himself a little too running around in his own end, and that's the area that I, I think is um, why he is best slotted as a third pair D. And I give him credit. He looked good on his offside. He moved to the left side. He's a right shot, but moved to the left side. Thought he played well. Uh, did not see a lot of those moments in this game tonight. But that, that is the area where that, that's, that's when you see him struggle the most. And, and it's why I think Stetcher as a 6-7 a on this team is where he's slotted best. But I do think there's been some real positives and some nice surprises when he's been able to jump in offensively. And, and he was a, an offensive difference maker again in this game tonight. Um, and with Tanev remaining out, I think that uh, that pair, Stone and Stetcher, I think you want to continue with that. And Stetcher seems comfortable playing on his offside. Finally, Spencer in Calgary says, this is a Tyler Toffoli appreciation text. That is all. Um, and that's, uh, that's fair because it has been that type of year for Tyler Toffoli where... Um, he absolutely needs to be appreciated. Um, Michelle in uh, Tuxedo Park says, uh, I'll put it this way, Pat. I was 21 12 years ago. Well, happy uh, happy 12th, 21st birthday. Um, that would make you an 80s child, Michelle. So uh, I think that would make you an 80s child. Uh, no, it wouldn't. It would make you a 1990 birthday, wouldn't it? Um, anyway. Uh, you're a millennial, so fellow millennial, happy birthday. Uh, this reads, uh, I think that's all of our texts, actually. Great stuff on the text line at 960-960 on this Sunday night. Flames win 5-4 over the Anaheim Ducks. Four consecutive wins for Calgary as they keep their playoff hopes alive and humming. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcast. We've heard live from Troy Stetcher. He joined us on our post-game show. We've heard from Daryl Sutter. Ryan Huska assistant coach joined us live here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge plus Tyler Toffoli, Milan Lucic and Michael Stone. That is comprehensive post-game coverage. You don't get it anywhere else other than right here on your Flames Talk post-game show. Let's head back to the phone lines for the final few calls on this Sunday starting with Bryce. What's going on, Bryce? Oh, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, that was a that was a good game too, even the one in Vancouver that was a I jumped on that one and heard that <laughs> Finally they got some luck coming for them. But it it's taken to the end of the season to get it. I mean, that's, uh, that's that's a little hard but it's 
least they're doing it. Yep, they've uh, they, they've definitely chosen the right time to uh, start getting some bounces. I don't think you choose your bounces, but you know what I mean. And and they've definitely picked the right time to um, pick up their longest winning streak of the season. That's for sure. Yeah, it's good to see the stones were in that goal. That was uh, that was a, a wicked job. <laughs> yeah. And and also to your question, like, um, you. Do you think Matthew Coronado is going to play with them soon? Maybe on the last game, is it not a count situation? For yeah, uh, if 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 game eighty two uh, doesn't mean anything and their fate is decided, then you probably see him in that game. Otherwise, I don't know, Bryce. Uh, I I find it hard to believe that we're going to see this coach put in a guy with you know only a few yeah. NHL practices under his belt, put him into a game. I'm I'm kind of skeptical myself that that happens. So I'm not anticipating. I'll say this much: I'm I'm not writing down Coronado's name on any of my pregame sheets anytime soon while they're still in this playoff chase. Do you think he would be good with that line with Rizitska and uh, Pelche if if they ever got into like the kid line they would call it? But, um, yeah, that'd be a cool line to and, see. Yeah, like like something like somebody was talking about that because they didn't they they were both like left and right they're both they have chemistry or something they can because they're younger and. And, well, we've never I, seen it, but no, um, no. I think it'd be I think it'd be interesting to see at some point. Sure. Yeah, and then because Bernardo's pretty fast, and Zizko's got the reach, and and the Peltier's got the the passing ability. Yeah. Like in some ways, like yeah. Yeah, but I don't I don't think you're seeing that line anytime soon. No. That's for sure. No. At, at least no, no, no. at least while there's still um, playoff implications, I don't think that we're seeing those guys mm. together as a line in a game. That's for sure. Yeah, and Lucic too is doing pretty good lately. Right in there. Yeah, big goal tonight. Yeah, and then a question. Maybe it's not percent like quite the flames, but you know the other day it could do. The Oilers game with McDavid hitting the guy from behind. There is people are saying he should have got suspended. So in a situation like that, if if the other guy would he hit did that to him, would that he would have got a suspension? I don't know. I, I don't, honestly, Bright, I don't know. Silly, but, I don't know. They, it's and I, I don't because you know I, I I love when you call, but I don't. Yeah. Kind of that doesn't really. It's kind of unrelated no. to the Flames mm-hmm. winning this game. So I, I don't know. I mean, I know there are some who think that. Um, they, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's just because of the way the fish you're eating is it's kind of like, I don't know, like, if there's a standard, is it one or the, is is the top guys get more of the leeway than they do? It's just it. It depends who you ask, man. Like there are there are some who think like there there are people who believe that McDavid could should be getting more calls than he's getting right now. I mean, again, and again, it kind of and again, I'm not trying to say that. No, I know. uh, It's just it's kind of irrelevant to the game tonight, right? Which we want to kind of keep it focused on. That's what I I, that's why I said that was quite like. But maybe one last question: the Wranglers, um, LBC, you know, actually the poor team. That's right. They're into Abbotsford, right? Yeah. yeah, and uh, and 
Yeah, Wolf's doing pretty awesome. Like he's still. Yeah, he's having another. Back. He might. He might be the league MVP this year. Yeah, yeah, and and they're um, how they're playing. It's like, it's like the Flames were like last year, but they're 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 amazing right now. And, yeah. Yep, it's been a good year. Another really good year for the Wranglers. And they've got legitimate mm-hmm. AHL championship hopes. So we'll see if they can do yeah. it. Anyway, I'll let you go and let you get on with the callers. All right, Bryce. Good to hear from you, man. You have a good night. You too. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Okay, pal. Uh, Let's continue right along. 5-4 final score. Flames over the Anaheim Ducks. It's James up next with us. What's up, James? Hey, how you doing tonight, Pat? It's good to to hear you. You're a very smart man. (laughs) Thanks, James. I got a question for you. How many points are the Flames going to have to get before they make it to the playoffs? Well, it's kind of hard to know that for sure, just based on the fact that um, it's not completely in their control, uh, and because Winnipeg also plays a part in it, I can tell you that Winnipeg is on pace for, uh, let's do a quick uh, quick math here for you. Uh, so Winnipeg is at a 578 points percentage. So they're on pace for about 95 points. So if they get there, that means that the Flames need probably nine more points in their final games, which means that they'd have to go 4-0-1 to get there. Now, I don't, it doesn't make, again, what the Jets are on pace for doesn't mean that's what the Jets will end up getting, but that's what the Jets are on pace for. I think if the Flames can get to, um, if they can finish the year, at, let's see, that would be three wins. If they, if they can get themselves to 94 points, I think that they've got themselves a shot, especially if two of those points come against Winnipeg on Wednesday. So if they can get to 94 and one of the, one of the ways they get to 94 is by beating the Jets heads up, then I think they give themselves a chance. Won't be a guarantee, but I think that they would be in the mix when it all comes down to it. And how many more games? How many more games they got to play? Flames have five, both the Jets and the Flames have five. They're going to just about have to win every game. Well, that's what I. Well, that's all I wanted, Pat. I was just wondering because I'm. I'm really hoping they're going to get in. They're. They're really trying. But uh, you have a great night, and thank you for all you do. Thank you, James. Bye bye. See you, buddy. Uh, a few more calls as we start to wrap things up. We say hello to Harrison. What's going on, Harrison? Hi. Hey, buddy. I'm an eight-year-old, and I hope the Flames get to the playoffs. And the Foley's been playing really good today, uh, tonight, and other games. And I hope he, he, he makes the Stanley Cup. All right. Sorry, I had to give him a little bit of uh, time here. But uh, that was good. He was good, you, Pat. But he's just getting into hockey, and he loves the Flames. I gotta make sure he doesn't like the Edmonton Oilers. So. Yeah, good call. That was no. He did. He uh, he nailed it, my guy. That was awesome. Awesome. Say thank you and say goodbye. Thanks, Pat. See you. See you, Harrison. See ya. Have a good night, bud. You too. That's awesome. Good stuff. And Harrison's got it nailed. 
Toffoli's had a, had a good game and has had a great season. Had a boy, Harrison. Um, let's go to James. Uh, James on our Flames Talk phone lines following a 5-4 win over Anaheim. What's up, James? Hey, Pat. It's been a while. What's um, going on? Just uh, if the Flames run the table, let's say let's say they win the last five games and they don't make the playoffs. What do you think happens in the off season? Like, do you give this team another chance, or or do you kind of like mess around with the with the with the players a bit? It's a fair question, um, and it, it's a it's an interesting. That would be an interesting scenario if it played out that way. So they win nine in a row to finish the year and still miss. Uh, that would end up getting them, by the way, to ninety-seven points which would mean the Jets would have to go 4-1 uh, and one down the stretch, um, uh, and, and they would still likely win the, t- the, the tiebreaker in that regard. Um, you know, I think, first of all, James, I think that regardless, the, I, I don't think they're going to blow this team up in the offseason. So I don't think roster-wise... Um, you're going to see a significant change from this group anyway. Um, so I don't know if – I think it'll be a pretty big failure if they do miss the playoffs, regardless of how they finish the year. But whether they make it or not, I'm not really anticipating a lot of roster change from this group. And so I don't – think that the direction is going to change all that dramatically regardless of what happens playoffs or no playoffs this year so that would be the best way that I would answer it and the biggest reason for that is because they're locked into a lot of long-term contracts that are uh, going to be difficult to move and as a result I think that the direction for the next little while is kind of set here. And we've been talking for a little bit when it felt like maybe a little less likely that the Flames could make the playoffs. They've certainly done a nice job of changing that narrative here and changing their situation. But one of the things that we've talked a lot about is the idea that, you know, maybe giving some of these guys another year specifically Huberdo is the guy that we've talked about that most with but even Kadri um, and and even some of the guys who aren't new giving them uh, another year to maybe get a little bit more comfortable with this group I think that's going to happen whether they make it or not so I, I'm not anticipating personnel wise a ton of change but I I do think that I mean first of all the GM doesn't have a co- uh, a contract for next year so make it or not, I think that that is still something that we're watching for and could happen, uh, a new general manager. Um, and there's been a significant amount of buzz about what the coaching situation looks like. If they make it, I don't think they'll make a change. If they don't make it, though, I think that, that conversation is going to be interesting. I My gut says I it, it's so far above everybody's head in a lot of ways but um i i think that that conversation maybe has a little bit more in terms of legs if they end up missing the playoffs do they make a coaching change i'm not i'm really my my gut says i don't see it happening regardless but if they miss i think at the very least um there's going to be more of the clamoring from the outside 
from certain circles about making a coaching change. So that's a very long, drawn-out way of answering your question. Yeah, you're kind of in the same boat as I am. Um, I'm a big fan of Brad. I think he's done a lot of good. I think he's one of the best GMs in the league, uh, considering like what happened with us this off season. I mean, he his hands were tied, and to get Huberto and Uyghur, uh there was another player. I forgot to. Oh, you uh, mean the the prospect they got, Cole Schwint? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think the GM's done a really good job. I think the plan when we signed Sutter, I mean, we're still in that process, right? Where we're trying to figure out and we're we're, we're trying to like basically build a a team to to make a make a long run in the playoffs. I I just think that it was watching this team throughout the year has been very frustrating because yes. on paper yes it has been yeah on paper and the talent that they have they should have locked up a, a playoff spot by now but that being said um like i'm like any other fan you know fire everybody when they go on a five game losing streak and then like i love them when they're you know blowing out teams but i'm in the mindset of when we had about 18 games left, that was the runway that I kind of gave them. So show me what you can do in the last 18 games. Can you make a push? Can you come together? And there's a lot of noise, you know, there's a lot of frustration with, with, with uh, obviously the fans, but I think you give these guys another chance, especially with what they're doing right now. And I wasn't I wasn't in that mindset about a month ago. So But even even know. if you weren't in that mindset, I don't know if there was really any other way it could go because of the contract situation, right? I I, I absolutely but but we're we're uh there's gotta be some guys coming off. Like is Luch is this his last year, Lucic? Yeah, Lucic Lucic is an expiring contract. Uh that's the biggest dollar figure that comes off their cap for next year and they've got some um they've got some other kind of deals that are expiring you know lewis was on a one-year deal so he'll be up again uh richie's on an expiring deal uh stetcher and stone are both on expiring deals but really there's not a lot that comes off the books this year in terms of big money so i i really like stetcher i really like that pickup um the other the other thing that I was going to throw in there was uh, we don't have a captain. And I know everybody talks about Michael Backlund, and I'm a big fan of Michael Backlund. I think they should, I mean, if he, if he sticks around for next year, maybe kind of, uh, you know, like look, look, look into maybe giving him the seat. But the two guys that I thought throughout the year, and, and this is the only thing that I – that I, I would have done if I if I was if I was in that room, and maybe I'm wrong, but Lucic and Lewis, those two guys, older guys, Stanley Cup winners, they've got experience. They might not be the best players on the team, but that voice in that room, and correct me if I'm wrong, but those guys, I thought one or the other, give the seat to them. I think they want, and this is no knock on either Lucic or Lewis, but I think they 
what if they're going to give out the C, they want it to be somebody that's going to be the captain term, for the long right? term. And and neither Lewis is thirty six um, and still playing great hockey. Don't get me wrong; he's having a really nice year, and I'm a big fan of what he brings. But he's not like a long term core member of the team. Uh, neither I, I, is Lucic. We don't know if Lucic is going to be back next year. My guess is he probably won't be. So I I, I don't I I think that they that's why they have kept it without a captain this year and I think that if when they name one it'll be somebody who is a little bit more of a core long-term piece whether that's Huberdeau whether that's Kadri whether that's Backlund whether that's Anderson whether that's Lindholm I think you've got some really intriguing options I think like for instance if you don't want to go the Backlund road and I think he'd be great he's the Longest tenured member of the team, third longest tenured player in franchise history. I think he'd be a great captain, and and I, I think that would be an awesome choice. But if they don't want to go that direction, if they want to go a little bit younger, then I think Rasmus Anderson would be an awesome choice. He's really turned into a real leader on this team. So they've got themselves some options, man. Yeah, absolutely. And the only reason why I mentioned those two guys was to kind of transition into a, a younger guy, or somebody that has, is the core of the team to kind of like, kind of pass up, pass on the torch, kind of see. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I'm I'm happy with what they're doing right now. I think. And we got to start to wrap up here. Okay. No, fair enough. I will. I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, very much. James. Well, I was gonna let you finish your thought and then and then wrap well, I was up. But... Going to say another guy was Tanev, but but that's that's a different story. That's uh... and and he'd be a really good choice as well, just based on uh, I don't know if there's a guy who leads by example better than that guy in the entire league. So uh, yeah. he'd be a decent <laughs> choice as well. I appreciate it, James. Uh, be well. Thanks, Have man. a great night. Hey. You too. Thank you. Take uh, one more call. Let's say hello to our buddy Mike following a 5-4 win over the Anaheim Ducks. What's up, Mike? Hey, pal. How are you? Good, bud. How are you? I am not too bad. I am just really excited about that game, uh, that third period, because with Lucic is, you know, that kind of a shot, you know. and But I just don't know if, like we can make the playoffs just because of Markstrom and Ladar, you know, like what we did last year. But, you know, it's kind of a strange kind of thing. And it's, you know, and, and like, don't get me wrong, dude. It's just, it's, it's hard to think where we are in the standings, right? Yeah, it's definitely like uh, with with the excitement that we all had coming into this season. Um, it's a little surprising when you take a step back that they are where they are. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. It's it's been. I think you know we'll see we'll see what happens here and we'll see if they end up getting in. But yeah, it, it's been wild. it's been a very frustrating season. Oh, without absolutely, a doubt. absolutely, and plus. Toffoli's been good too, so it's like that is ridiculous. So, yeah, he's been one of the uh, he's been one of the real bright spots this year, no doubt. Yeah, and I'm actually having surgery tomorrow, so this is actually my last call till a couple weeks. So okay, okay. So uh, what? Uh, so surgery tomorrow morning? Yeah, we have to be at the hospital at six a.m. Ugh. Um. What? Uh, what hospital? Uh. We are doing it at uh, 
Pierre Lougheed, actually. Pierre Lougheed, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, are, are we talking about, like, a pretty routine procedure? or what? We don't yeah, go- yeah okay. it's kind of a little procedure. Okay. It's not nothing that big, so. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, well, yeah. uh, I hate hospitals. I... Uh, I, so I I, uh, I hope that you uh, I love hospitals because of how important they are, but I just hate being in them. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm and, and you'll have your mom there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, say hi. I'll say hi to Sharon to for me. You, so. What's that? I'll get her to update you. So. Yeah. Get her to get her to let me know how things went. Yeah. And I have one question for you though. You yeah. Know Michael Stone's goal and how he always scores on his son's birthday yeah that's pretty How cool fast was that because from where i was sitting it was so hard to pick up the puck because normally they have those like in the pucks those like like i don't know how you call those like those number like guns in the oh puck. like a like a radar gun yeah like they do with baseball right yeah I don't. I don't know how fast it was. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see the. Um, Derek would know how fast it was. I think, but I don't. Uh, would he's you got, mind uh, asking him and then texting me and let me know? Sure, I can do my best. Yeah, because it, it would. Because um, my mom and I were just talking about that. Like, because normally it's not on the website, right? So. Well, he did, he definitely got a hold of it. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Uh, good luck, buddy. Love you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, tell your mom to uh, let me know how it goes. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, Mikey. Good to hear Bye. from you, pal. All right. Um, and that will wrap us up. Uh, Flames take a 5-4 victory over the Anaheim Ducks here on a Sunday night at the Scotiabank. Saddledome, first four-game win streak of the season for Calgary. Just happens to come in games, what would that be, uh, 73, 74, 70, no, 74, 75, 76, 77. Good time to pick up your first four-game win streak of the season, no doubt about that. As we start to wind things down on a Sunday Flames Talk post-game show, it's time for your final summary as uh, not a great first period for the Flames, that's for sure. Anaheim opening up a 2-0 lead. Frank Vetrano makes it 1-0 at 4-17 with his 19th of the year. Vetrano from Trevor Zegris and Kevin Shattenkirk and the Ducks had a 1-0 lead. Then Max Comtois uh, right as a power play for the uh, Ducks comes to an end, makes it 2-0 before the end of the first period. Comtois gets his 9th from Vetrano and Shattenkirk at 17-51 and it was 2-0 Ducks after 20 minutes of play. Now the Flames did have a power play to start off period at number 2 and they make good on it with Andrew Mangiapane absolutely wiring home his 16th of the year. Mangiapane from Tyler Toffoli and Rasmus Anderson at 33 seconds. Power play goal had the Flames on the board, and they started feeling it from there. Nikita Zadorov would tie it a few minutes later with his 10th of the year. Zadorov from Jonathan Huberdeau and Toffoli at 7-12 made it 2-2. Then 66 seconds later, Nick Ritchie redirects home his 13th of the year to make it 3-2 Calgary. Ritchie from Troy Stetcher and Nazem Kadri at 8-8. 
18, and the Flames had their first lead of the game. This lead only lasts 66 sec 62 seconds, rather, because just over a minute later, Frank Vetrano ties it for the Ducks with his 20th of the year and second of the night. Sam Carrick and Cam Fowler, the assist at 9.16. We had a 3-3 tie. Then a few minutes later, Ducks go back out in front with Scott Harrington's fourth of the year. Harrington from Carrick and Comtois at 12.56. And just like Friday, the Flames trailed 4-3 after 40 minutes of play. Friday in Vancouver was their first come-from-behind victory when trailing after 40 minutes of play this season. They needed a repeat performance tonight, and it started with the game-tying goal at 6.26 off the stick of Milan Lucic, his seventh of the year, upstairs on Lucas Dostal of the Ducks to make it 4-4. Lucic from Blake Coleman and Mackenzie Weger at 6.26, 4-4 tie. And the Flames just kept on pushing. They absolutely dominated period number three, and with less than three minutes to go, Michael Stone back in the lineup after missing 20 games with a lower body injury. Blast home his sixth of the year. Michael Stone, game winner from Nick Ritchie at 17-22. That gets us to a 5-4 score then, and 5-4 would end up being your final score. Final shots, 41-22 in favor of the Flames. Calgary 1-for-2 on the power play tonight. Anaheim 0-for-1 with the man advantage. Your three stars, number three, Frank Vetrano, number two, Troy Stetcher, and number one, Tyler Toffoli with the win. Calgary improves to 36, 26, and 15. They're back in action Tuesday at home to Chicago, while Anaheim falls to 23, 44, and 10. They're back in action Wednesday at home to Edmonton. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Peter Labardius, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Jeff Mason, for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We've been coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Hot Stove Lounge. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Next up for the Flames is Tuesday night at home to Chicago. That is a 7 o'clock faceoff, which means we're on the air at 6 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful week ahead. It's a, a short week with the long weekend and Easter week. So have a wonderful week ahead. Uh, your final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome, Flames 5, Ducks 4. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show, available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Alpine Credits, Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is CFAC 960 AM, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. A Rogers Sports and Media radio station. Flames Radio is only on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Thanks for listening. Sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next Flames Radio broadcast. This is a copyright broadcast. No retransmission, streaming, recording, or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the Calgary Flames Hockey Club and Sportsnet. 960. Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.